All righty. Here we go. We are absolutely packed. It is great to have you in. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz. I'm Mike Guido here with you on the Landry Football Podcast Network. It is so great to have you with us. A very exciting week in week six of the NFL this week. We'll be discussing a lot of it. Uh, we'll discuss uh, there's some Monday night football games tonight. There's two of them. Chiefs, Bills, that's going to be that might be the game of the week. That's going to be a really great football game. That's coming up in the earlier part of tonight. Uh, we get to see uh, the Cardinals and the Cowboys, the Cowboys' first full game without Dak Prescott since he got drafted in 2016. So that's going to be interesting as well. So we've got plenty of stuff to cover today. It's great to have you with us. Guido's Gridiron Blitz. Mike Guido here with you on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Just reminding you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American betting experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football, uh, football listeners and podcast listeners. So all of our followers, all of our listeners, we're getting special offers here from American betting experts. So here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and then you can pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, right? You know, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, whatever's legal in your state, you get to pick which one you uh, you want to go with. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from 100 bucks to 1000 bucks. I just want to repeat that a hundred bucks to a thousand dollars. Okay. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. That's American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com and you can get this started. Okay. Let us begin with this. Uh, so. Usually on a Monday, I usually start out with the Sunday night game. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. I do think that this game holds a little bit more relevance. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night was very underwhelming. Okay, the Buccaneers ended up blowing out Green Bay in their own in Tampa Bay, thirty-eight to ten was the final score. It was an ugly, ugly day for Green Bay. It was clearly the worst that they've looked. Through the six weeks of the season, they dropped to four and one. Coming off the bye, I expected them to be at least a little bit better than that. And that just was not the case. Okay, Aaron Rodgers did not look good. He completed sub 50% of his passes, which is, uh, uh, that's un Aaron Rodgers like. It, it just, it, it almost doesn't happen. It just, it does. Aaron Rodgers is an extremely precise thrower of the football from, Every angle, okay, he's one of the most talented to ever play the game. 16 for 35 for 160 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. He threw his first two interceptions of the year last night. It was a bad night for Aaron Rodgers, and I think uh, that came as a surprise to a lot of people given how excellent he's been uh, at the start of the year, and this is really the point that I want to bring up, and I want to make sure that people understand this because people today 
on this Monday are saying, oh, my goodness, the Buccaneers are good. And my God, like Tom Brady shut up all of his doubters and all of this. I, If you watch the game yesterday, that game was not about Tom Brady. It had actually very little to do with Tom Brady. In fact, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible, right? Tom Brady, uh, just because Aaron Rodgers was terrible did not mean that Tom Brady was excellent. Okay, the score, if you were looking at the score blankly without looking at any stats, any nothing from the game, you would think that Tom Brady had a great day and Aaron Rodgers had a terrible day. It's not that simple. Tom Brady yesterday, let me read you his numbers. 17 for 27. He only threw the ball 27 times. They're not asking Tom to do a lot. 17 of 27 for 166 yards and two touchdowns. That's it. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. Okay. The receiver, the receiving end, the passing game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was not lighting the Green Bay defense on fire. It really wasn't. Their leading receiver was Gronk yesterday, five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. It was clearly his best game of the year. Chris Godwin had five for 48. Mike Evans only had one catch. Okay, Tyler Johnson had one catch. He caught a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass, a seven-yard touchdown pass. That was his only catch of the whole game. That was it. I mean, by no means necessary, by no means necessary, was the passing game or what Tom Brady contributed yesterday overwhelmingly great. So I do want to point this out, right? The big thing for Tampa Bay yesterday was defense and the running game, right? Ronald Jones had 23 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. That was... Yesterday was a Ronald Jones game. <laughs> it, Ronald Jones had a career day yesterday. But this is the notion that we need to understand about Tampa Bay now. Okay, they can beat teams like Green Bay. We know that. We Green Bay is a top five team in the league. They, they can beat teams like Green Bay. But it isn't going to be, be it's not going to be because of their offense. It's going to be because of their defense. Aaron Rodgers, through the first four weeks of the season, just to give you an idea, has had passer ratings, 127 and 124.9, 124.9, and 147.5 through the first four weeks of the season. Four touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Yesterday, zero touchdowns and two picks. His first two picks of the year, passer rating was 35.4. About 100 points less than what he's had so far this season. Aaron Rodgers was not good. And the big part of that, again, and I don't think it was just because Aaron Rodgers was off his game. Part of it is that. But that Tampa Bay defense is nasty. That's a great defense. I underestimated how good Tampa Bay's defense is. They've got players, pass rushers. Okay, they can stop the run. Their secondary is young and explosive. They've got, I mean, sir, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and guys like Antoine Winfield. And these are these are real players. These are real legitimate players. That linebacker core. 
Okay, that group of two linebackers, I mean, that's the core of their defense right there, and th it might be the best in the league. Levante David and Devin White is, an, is a nasty, nasty combination. You got the veteran, you got the young guy, and it's it's deadly. It's okay. It's it's it is craziness. But we need to understand. I know that there are so many people out there that just they are still under this delusion about Tom. Okay, I I say this over and over again. Okay, Tom Brady, and I understand Tom Brady's not having a bad season. But we were expecting at the beginning of the year that Tom Brady was going to light the world on fire. Okay, Tom, so far this year, 64% completion percentage. He's got 14 touchdowns and four picks in six games. With Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, I mean, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I mean, the guy... We all said that, hey, listen, weapons were the problem last year for Tom. And yeah, naturally, he's got better weapons this year in Tampa Bay. I don't think it was entirely because of weapons last year. I think Tom was just bad. But he's got better weapons this year. So naturally, right, naturally, he's better. Naturally, he's better. And naturally, Tampa Bay is better. Right? Tampa Bay's four and two so far this year, and everybody's going, oh my goodness. You gotta keep in mind, they're a game over 500. <laughs> okay. Like, if there are we are we reacting this way about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they're three and three instead of four and two? That you gotta keep in mind, it's early in the year. That's one game difference. That is one game. Okay, if if they if Green Bay beat Tampa Bay yesterday like I predicted, are we going nuts about the Buccaneers today? Are we going nuts that Tom Brady is you know, shutting up all of his doubters? and Like, like the, yesterday didn't really change my view on Tampa Bay. Maybe they're a little bit better than what I thought, but it isn't for the reason that everybody thought. Okay, it isn't for, you know... Listen, I understand that he's got better weapons, that Brady's got better weapons now, and that his weapons in New England weren't as good. And I, mean, I, I listen, I get all that. I get, that's it's clear. Okay, if you were to ask me today, would you rather have Julian Edelman and Dakeel Harry or Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I'd say, uh, well, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I, I mean, they're maybe uh, both of them might be top ten receivers in the league. Like it's it's just obviously, and we all recognize that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year were not a terrible football team. Jameis Winston threw thirty interceptions. The guy threw thirty interceptions. All Tom Brady has to do is not throw thirty interceptions, and the Buccaneers are going to be good this year. That's it, right? Logic would tell you. Their defense is great. They've got weapons. Listen, I bang on Tom all the time, but Tom is definitely an upgrade at quarterback over Jameis Winston. Yeah, there's they should be better. Okay, this is the kind of thing that we need. Okay, we need to manage expectations. Tampa Bay, this is the reality of yesterday. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should have won that game yesterday. They should have. They were at home. They've got the veteran quarterback. They've got better weapons than Aaron Rodgers does. Bruce Arians is more experienced than Matt LaFleur. Okay, the defense might be better on Tampa Bay's side, even though I, I still think Green Bay's defense is pretty good. But Tampa Bay's defense is better. Tampa Bay should have won that game yesterday. And if they didn't win that game, it was going to be a problem. It should have been a massive problem today if they lost. But they didn't lose. They won. And now we're all standing here saying, oh, God, the Buccaneers, Super Bowl favorites. They're... I still don't buy Tampa Bay as an overwhelming Super Bowl team. Okay, maybe they sneak in if they get the right matchups. I Listen, I, I never denied Tampa Bay was a playoff team. I think Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs. But I'm not going to jump the gun and say that a quarterback who the year prior had a 60% completion percentage and we blamed it all on weapons, despite the fact that the Patriots still went 12-4 and last year, I'm not going to say that that guy is overwhelmingly going to be the favorite for the Super Bowl just because he's got a couple of better wide receivers. You got to keep in mind, too, the Patriot defense last year was really good, too. Okay, there were a lot of people that were saying that the Patriots secondary was the best in the league and they could get after the quarterback and all of the. Right, it was a Belichick defense. Tampa Bay and New England last year both had good defenses. I expect this year that Tampa Bay is a 9-7, and 10-6 football team. Okay, they're going to be good. They're going to be second place in their division in my eyes. I, I still think, I again, the Saints playing with, without Michael Thomas, I think, is making them look a little bit worse. I still think the Saints are a better overall football team. I do. I trust Drew Brees more than I trust Tom Brady. And that's essentially what it boils down to. Sean Payton's a better coach than Bruce Arians. But, again, this is why we need to open our eyes and real, realistically manage our expectations. Tampa Bay should have won the game last uh, yesterday. I predicted that the Packers were going to win, and I was wrong. But the reality of that situation was that Tampa Bay had zero excuses to not win that game because Tampa Bay's roster is better than Green Bay's. Tampa Bay's coach is better than Green Bay's. Weapons, defense, everything better than Green Bay's. Green Bay didn't have their superstar left tackle, uh, left tackle David Bakhtiari, last night. That was huge, huge. Jason Pierre-Paul was having a field day yesterday. So, yes, Tampa Bay should have won the game yesterday. And despite what the score tells you, okay, 38-10 to 10 final score was an ugly day for the Packers. Despite what the score tells you, that game was not about Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. It was the Tampa Bay defense getting the best of Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. It This was not a quarterback duel. Okay, that's what we were expecting. Oh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, it was going to be great. That's why I said it was kind of underwhelming because we didn't get the classic matchup between all-time greats. It wasn't about them. It, it, had, it wasn't about Brady. It wasn't about Aaron Rodgers. It was about 
the Tampa Bay defense dominating the game and Tampa Bay's running game making Green Bay's defense look like Swiss cheese. That that was the game. That was the game. So I think we're going to need to check ourselves at the door a little bit and manage our expectations and actually look at what was actually going on in yesterday's game. But listen, it was a great win by Tampa Bay. Great win by Tampa Bay. That was a, honestly, you could say that it was a much needed win by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, especially, honestly, coming off, you know, coming off that Thursday night loss to Chicago. I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, what? they needed a win. They needed a win. So honestly, it was good for the, good for the Buccaneers. All right, let's get into uh, Sunday night football. So the, uh, as I predicted, the San Francisco 49, this one I got right. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Rams in San Francisco 24 to 16. That was the final score. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo had a good day. Uh, what was he? 23 for 33 for 268 yards and three touchdowns. He was very efficient. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did not give him very many opportunities to screw up. Uh, this is, uh, you got to keep in mind too. This is a, when you watch the 49ers play, this is a very conservative offense. This is a really conservative. They do not like to throw deep balls because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't very good at it. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a very good deep ball thrower, but if you give him passes in the short intermediate passing game, Jimmy, Jimmy's very, very accurate. He's very accurate. Okay. So look at this. Okay. So the Jimmy Garoppolo last year, okay. 2019 when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Okay. What the 49ers did last night is a representation of what they did last year. Okay. They completely devoted themselves to that philosophy running the football, short intermediate passing game, okay, controlling time of possession. Okay, the 49ers had the ball for 37 minutes last night. Okay, they overwhelmingly had time of possession. It was because they they pounded pounded the running game. That's what they did. They just Raheem Mostert and I mean they just they wanted to control time of possession. Okay, another way you control time of possession, believe it or not, again, is like I've said before, short intermediate passing. Okay. Okay. P using possession receivers. Okay. Have you noticed that not really any of these very talented San Francisco wide receivers, they're not amazing deep threats. Okay. These are guys that are kind of nifty. They can do a bunch of different things, right? Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are almost the same player. <laughs> like, okay. They're really good at going over the middle. You know, it's, uh, you know, occasionally they'll make a big play where they break away on a route and, you know, they just beat their man. But let's be real. They they don't have crazy deep threats, okay? Everybody loves George Kittle. George Kittle is, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a possession guy, okay? George Kittle yesterday had seven catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Okay, the average catch is 15.6. But you got to keep in mind, he had a 44-yard catch where the overwhelming majority of those yards came after the catch. 
right when he had that huge touchdown run. Okay, that was a 40-yard touchdown run or something along those lines. Okay, so th- this is a – San Francisco is at their best, and I think we know this now. San Francisco is at their best when they're very conservative with the football. They run. They d- do the short passing game, right, crossing routes over the middle. I mean, th- that's when their offense is at their best, which leads me to believe, again, that the 49ers will go, and I know this is kind of cliche at certain points, but. The 49ers will go as far as Jimmy Garoppolo takes them. Okay. Kyle Shanahan and the running game and their defense are usually what carries them. Nick Bosa's out. Solomon Thomas is out. Richard Sherman's out. Okay. They, their defense is banged up. Their offensive line has kind of underperformed. Now is the time for Jimmy Garoppolo to step up, honestly. This is his time here. Listen, he's a solid quarterback. But the San Francisco 49ers have a very hard reality. They have a very hard reality right now as far as their personnel is concerned. Look around their division. They have the worst quarterback in their division. They have to try to win their division while having the worst quarterback out of the four. Okay. Russell Wilson is clearly number one. Kyler Murray and Jared Goff, I would both, again, both of them, I would take over Jimmy G. Jared Goff at times can be special. Kyler Murray at times can can be special. Jimmy Garoppolo is the very definition of a game manager. That's what he is. Jimmy Garoppolo is not special. By no means necessary. Jimmy Garoppolo does not have special arm talent. He's not special athletically. He's not overly smart. Okay, I'm not saying that he's stupid, or but it's not like his football IQ is like Peyton Manning. Like it's... Jimmy Garoppolo is is a very middle of the pack in the NFL type quarterback and he's in my opinion the the worst quarterback in his division. So San Francisco naturally for them to win games especially when they play in division opponents they kind of have to take the ball out of his hands. They kind Okay, you saw it yesterday. Okay, when they needed a big play to be made, they didn't rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to make a throw. Okay, Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius, drawing up plays that are just out of this world, right? You watched the whole game yesterday. Okay, honestly, on both sides of the football, okay, because Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are both brilliant offensively. Brilliant. Their play-calling abilities are surreal. Surreal. Okay, yesterday was just a, it was a nifty, shifty, I mean, it was exciting, it was cool, it really was. But the 49ers reality is that banged up defense and they need the running game to kind of carry them a little bit because they know Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to make the big play. He's just not that kind of quarterback. Okay. 
you there are times in the NFL in certain games where you need special, where you need rare talent to just take over. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that. He never did have that. He never did. Okay. This is the kind of thing where, like, uh, you got to keep in mind, uh, usually quarterbacks that have long sustained success and guys that win Super Bowls and stuff like that, they have the special in them. The only thing that that you can say is that, listen, it, and it's ironic that Garoppolo was a Belichick guy too, is Tom Brady was not special with talent. He didn't have a special arm. He didn't have special athleticism. Okay, I think over time, Tom became really smart and he knew how to read defenses really well. And that developed into a special part of his game later in his career. But Tom, for the most part, was Tom Brady was not special. He was uh, the guy was drafted in the sixth round for a reason. Okay, he if he was exploding with talent, he'd be somewhere else right now. He'd be somewhere else. But that's the reality of Jimmy G. Is in New England, he probably could have worked because you know Belichick doesn't need special guys. He just he needs guys that are accurate. He needs guys that don't make stupid decisions. Okay, Jimmy G is kind of that. Okay, I think he turns the ball over a little bit too much, but, you know, he isn't the most amazing decision maker, but you don't need deep ball guys. Okay, when was the last time that you literal that you saw the Patriots throw a Hail Mary? Okay, through a go route. You never see it, ever. God, you never see it. So that's the reality of the situation for the 49ers, is that, yeah, they have a good roster. But Bosa's out for the year. Solomon Thomas is out. Sherman's out. They don't have a defense to rely on anymore. They don't have, I mean, their quarterback, this is, especially this year, this is the year where you're going to get the actual dose of Jimmy Garoppolo with no bailouts. Jimmy is going to have to take them to where they want to go. This year will be that exact measure. That exact measure. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy, then he will take them to a place that they didn't expect to go. Okay, listen, before yesterday, okay, the 49ers are a three and three football team. Okay, uh, they're a three and three football team. Okay, they are not special right now, they're 500. They're 500, and the, the week prior, they got they got their doors blown off by Miami, the Dolphins of all teams. So they have not been at the tip. Listen, they're not what they are last year. They just aren't. So you'll get a real dose of who the 49ers really are. Uh, as for the Rams, uh, I think, and I want to touch on this pretty quickly. Um. Uh, the Rams last night are a representation of who they actually are as well. Um, this is why I don't buy the Rams as a legitimate Super Bowl team. I usually don't. 
uh, and it really has nothing to do with their quarterback, but it has everything to do with their consistency on both sides of the football. Okay. There are certain days and it happens way too often. Certain days where they just don't play up to their expectations. Okay. The Rams are a good football team. They're four and two right now. They're pretty good. They are. They're pretty good. But Jared Goff was 19 to 38 for 198, two touchdowns and an interception yesterday. Not good. 50% completion percentage. That's not good. Okay. Daryl Darrell Henderson, their lead back, 14 carries for 88 yards. That's really solid. But when was the last time you saw the Rams being led by a running game? Okay, it was Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff was trash, and Jeff Fisher was coaching. Okay, like receivers, their leading receiver yesterday, three for 56, was Tyler Higby, their tight end. Josh Reynolds had two catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Like, they have these days. They have these days where they're just not consistent, where they just don't produce at the level that you think that they would. Okay, there's no reason why the Rams shouldn't be continuously one of the better teams in the league. But I'm a huge Jared Goff guy. I think he's, uh, at certain points, Jared Goff is just different. Okay, there are certain throws that Jared Goff makes that are just ridiculous. They're out of this world. Um, but I can even admit myself, okay? And I admit, look, I think we need to get rid of the notion that if a quarterback isn't perfect, that means he's not good, okay? Listen, I criticize Dak Prescott all the time, but I don't think that he's bad. I think he's just, you know, he's okay. He's good. He's not special, okay? Jared Goff is special, but he's inconsistent, okay? He's a guy that, you know, has these, I mean, Jared Goff will have games where he throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns. And nobody likes to talk about those games because a lot of people get sold out on Jared Goff. But then these are the games where people say, see, he isn't any good. I Listen, hold your horses. I, <laughs> the kid can play, but this is his issue is this is why the Rams to me are Eight and eight, nine and seven. Like they're they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna be pretty good. But they're just not consistent enough. They're just not consistent. And that includes coaching. Okay. Sean McVay is victim of this too. Okay. And I love Sean McVay. By no means necessary do I think that this should cost him his job or anything like that. The guy's brilliant. I love the guy. And I I love the energy he brings. I love the culture he creates. I I, I love that. I love Sean McVay. But one of this team's weaknesses, again, on top of the fact that having a a ton of big contracts that are completely eating up their roster, I don't think that the roster on the, for the Rams is amazing. Okay, they've got so much money wrapped up in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Jared Goff, and I think they're paying so many guys, it feels like. And their roster just has so many holes in it. But they're just not consistent enough. They really aren't. They're not consistent enough to really be considered as a Super Bowl team. <sighs> okay. Uh, I want to remind you. So don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. Okay. It's very simple. Go to LandryFootball.com. 
click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page, and then you can pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. Okay, not everything's legal in every state. I wish it was. But you can pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, sign up, and instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Okay, 100 bucks to 1000 bucks. It's a lot of money. Okay, it's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Okay, this is really simple stuff. Click on the right, the upper right side of the page on LandryFootball.com. American Betting Experts will take care of you. Okay, $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. Uh, risk-free, uh, risk-free bet. There we go. I got it. I got it. Um, so go ahead, sign up. Uh, take advantage of that opportunity. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we're getting a little bit of breaking news here. It's not, you know, incredibly huge news, uh, but it's good news for the Dallas Cowboys. Leighton Vander Esch has been moved to the active roster and is expected to play tonight, according to NFL Network. So Leighton Vander Esch is supposed to play tonight for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a big, big deal. Uh, it should help their defense a bunch. You know, at least in spy game and all of that sort all of that stuff. So that matters. Uh okay. Let's get into this. So uh two Monday night football games tonight. We're very lucky. I think we're gonna be overdosing on football a little bit. Uh it's I think it's gonna be a good time. Uh so five o'clock Eastern. Uh so only a couple of hours after we close up today. Uh five o'clock. Kansas City goes to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Chiefs are a five-point road favorite. Okay, uh, both of these teams heading into uh, uh, heading into tonight, four and one on the year, coming off their first loss of the season, and it wasn't really a pretty loss. Okay, Kansas City obviously losing last week to the Raiders in Kansas City, so. That was something I don't think that anybody expected that Kansas City would walk into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs in their own building. So again, not a great loss for uh, for the Chiefs. And then Buffalo on Tuesday gets absolutely shellacked by the Titans in Tennessee. Okay, the Buffalo Bills even tonight, if they lose tonight, the Buffalo Bills will not lose that bad again this year. They will. They won't do it. Okay. The Bills are too good of a football team to lose like that. Okay. They they are not going to lose like that again. So here's something I do want to bring up regarding the Chiefs Bills game tonight. Um, I know that this is going to sound a little bit weird. This is going to sound a little bit awkward. But this is a, in my eyes, a prove it game for Buffalo. This is a proof of game for Buffalo um, because everything that we know about Buffalo and especially what we've known about the Bills for the last couple of years is that this defense is fantastic, but their offense holds them back, right? It, great front seven. Their secondary is amazing, right? Like the good defensive coach. They've. This is what the Bills identity is. is I, I think the Bills have a top three defense in the league. And they definitely do. And <laughs> look, th their offense at certain points in years prior can be a letdown. It, it, you know, it can hold them back. 
this year so far, the Bills have done well offensively. Okay, Josh Allen has taken that next step in development. Okay, I mean, he is having a fantastic year leading this Buffalo Bills team. Okay, in years prior, just to give you an idea, okay, Josh Allen's career record so far in his first, I guess, almost two and a half years, his career record is 19 and 13. He's been a winning quarterback even before this year. Okay, he's been a winning quarterback. But in his rookie year, when he played in 12 games, started in 11, 53% completion percentage. That isn't good. Okay, last year, got a little bit better. Okay, 58.8, so almost a 59% completion percentage. It's a little bit better, but it still isn't good. This year, it's a huge leap. This year, it is more than what Lamar Jackson's leap was last year. Okay, Josh Allen, through five weeks, has a 69% completion percentage. 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. He is just on a different plane right now. And there are a lot of people that are saying, listen, if Russell Wilson isn't the MVP of the league right now, it's Josh Allen. And I don't disagree. Okay. Josh Allen has been incredible for the Bills. Quarterback rating of 113 flat. Really good. Really, really, really good. Um, but this is the thing where, again, this is where the Bills have to show us. The, the Bills have to show us that this offense can keep up. Okay, this is a good test right here. This is a good test. And I'm not saying that the Bills have to win tonight because I don't think the Bills do have to win tonight in order to prove their point. The Bills need to hang with the Chiefs. They got to hang with them. Okay, so keep this in mind. Okay, Josh Allen had a down week last week. How can they rebound? Okay, they went from Tuesday night to playing on Monday night. Okay, so it's, you know, a tiny bit of a short week. But listen, the Titans played yesterday, and the Titans were really good yesterday on a short week. Can the Bills match up to that? It's a tough matchup, but they're at home. It's going to be cold, right? Like. This is the opportunity for the Bills to be comfortable, for them to play the game the way that they want to. Okay, don't buy into, you know, needing to play like the Chiefs play. Okay, that's, I don't think that's a realistic way for the Bills to win football games. It's just not. They are not a team that airs the ball out. Okay, Buffalo is a team that runs the ball, that controls time of possession, whether it's with their quarterback, whether it's with uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, right? I mean. And again, sometimes they take the top off a of defense and they have the weapon to do that now, right? Trading that first round pick for Stefan Diggs is making a world of difference in Buffalo, a world of difference because they finally have, they finally have that big playmaker on the perimeter that they didn't have. Okay. And that's not a disrespect to Robert Foster or right, like Cole Beasley or John Brown or any of those guys that, that they've got like Dawson Knox, their tight end. Who's a very good tight end, you know, but they needed that number one style receiver. And Stefan Diggs has been that he has been fantastic for Buffalo. So can they take advantage of that? 
can they keep up with the Chiefs? Because you know that Kansas City is going to put up points. You know that they are. Kansas City is going to put up points. Patrick Mahomes is going to put up points. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a good night. Okay, they've got speed. They've got possession guys, right, with Kelsey and Tyree Kill and guys like that. I mean, they're going to be good. The Chiefs are going to be – they are going to score points. You know, even against a good Bills defense, I don't think the Bills defense is good enough to hold the Chiefs to a reasonable amount – or I shouldn't say a reasonable amount of points, but I don't I, – I think the Bills defense is good enough to hold them to – not getting blown out, but you know, at the same time, they're I, I don't think they're good enough to completely shut them out. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't think anybody is. I don't think the Bears defense is good enough. I don't think the Bills defense is good enough. Not the Patriots, not the Buccaneers, not whoever, 49ers, not any team that's got a good defense, they're not good enough to hold the Chiefs. They're just not. The Chiefs are going to score points. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all those guys, they are gonna score points. So Buffalo needs to keep up. This is why I think it's a prove-it game. It's because we know that the Bills can play defense. We know that the Bills can keep up with average teams offensively. Can they keep up with a team that is elite offensively? Can they? Because their defense is going to be moot point this, uh, today. Tonight, their defense is not going to be that important because the Chiefs are going to score. Can the Bills score back? That's going to be the biggest question. Okie dokie. Uh, let's go to the other one. Uh, because I do think that the Chiefs and the Bills is probably going to be the game of the week. I am taking Kansas City by... or hmm. Did I take Kansas City? I'm trying to remember from a couple days ago. Um... You know what? I'll go out on a limb. I'll go out on the limb here. I'll take Buffalo. I will take Buffalo. Skin of their teeth. Okay. So I'll take Buffalo, maybe 30 to 27, something along those lines. It, it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, I don't have as much faith in Kansas City's defense uh, as some people do. They are definitely better this year than they were in years past. Uh, but I think that Josh Allen is better this year. I think you're going to, you know, he's tough to game plan for because Josh Allen's a completely different quarterback than he, than he has been in years past. So, uh, I will take Buffalo over the chiefs tonight. I'm going to go out on the limb here. Uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, and hopefully because Tampa Bay and green Bay was a dud, hopefully this is our great game of the week. Uh, even though I will say, one really fantastic game this week, Texans-Titans in Tennessee was fantastic. Overtime, Titans came out with a win, 42-36. The Texans stormed back in the game. I mean, it was a really, really good game between the Titans and the Texans this weekend. Uh, it was a heartbreaking loss by Houston, by the way. Heartbreaking loss, which, again, I didn't spend too much time on it. I, I didn't spend any time on it, but... I think we need to stop banging on coaches that go for it on fourth down. Okay, listen, the, Washington did it. Uh, Houston did it. Tennessee did it. I mean, teams that go for it on fourth down for stuff like that, okay, you, it might not work, and it's not a perfect science, but my God, like, you got to respect the mentality, man. 
Okay, football is about aggressiveness. You've got it. You can't sit back on your heels and let the other team beat you. You can't. Okay, uh, listen. The, do we understand that if Romeo Cornell does get that? Okay, going forward, uh, 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 going for two, going on fourth down, the same thing. Okay, if Romeo Cornell gets that two point conversion, the game is over. Tennessee has no shot at coming back. Okay, there's such a thing as putting trust in your defense and all of that different stuff. But can we be honest? Okay, excuse me. You can either trust your defense that just gave up a 94 yard touchdown run to Derrick Henry, or you can get two yards to end the game. Two yards. Okay, if this was a 10, 15-yard try, yeah, kick the extra point. You got to get two yards. Two yards. I genuinely believe that in the future at some point, you are going to see teams go for two every single time because analytically, analytically it makes more sense. Even if, okay, you get it only half the amount of time, you're not losing any points. You're not losing any points. Okay, I think there are, are situations where you clearly kick the extra point. That was not one of them. It wasn't one of them. Okay, it might seem that way because, oh, yeah, then you're forcing them to get the two-point conversion. Okay, your defense is hot garbage. Okay, you, you want to rely as little on your defense. Okay, you, you put the ball in the hands of your superstar quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who's a gamer and all he does is win. Okay. And he makes plays. And who knows how that game turns out if, again, right? If you win the coin toss in overtime, which is why, again, I still think that's a really stupid rule that it's determined that the game could be determined by a coin flip. But we'll discuss that another day. But stop bashing on coaches that have aggressive mentalities. Okay? It, go for it. Seriously. It, the Texans are one and four going into yesterday. They wanted to put the dagger in Tennessee in their own building. You have any idea what kind of statement that would have been? You take the risk. So what? Now you're one and five. You lose the game, your season's over. Or maybe not even. Maybe not even, because that division isn't good. So, again, I, I, I think we're, we overreact to stuff like that a little bit too much, got to say. Okay, uh, let's go to the other game. Arizona and Dallas. Dallas is a uh, one-point favorite. This is what I'm seeing now. A one-point favorite at home. Uh, it, it's essentially a pick'em game. Cardinals are three and two. The Cowboys are two and three heading into the week. Uh, no Dak Prescott for the Cowboys for the first time since Dak Prescott got drafted. It will be Andy Dalton starting at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, now, listen, this is exactly why they signed a backup like Andy Dalton, a guy that can play, a guy who isn't going to kill you. Okay, listen, Andy Dalton, when he came back, uh, when he came in against the Giants, nine for 11 for 111 yards. Okay. Andy Dalton was good. We have to keep in mind, Andy Dalton is not trash. 
Okay, Andy Dalton is not a terrible quarterback. From 2012 to 2015, he put the Bengals in the playoffs consistently. 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 10 5 and 1, 10 and 3. Okay, he had double digit wins for four straight years in Cincinnati with one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the entire NFL. Okay, and they've been that way historically for a long time. Okay, and then things did kind of start dipping for him, right? The roster got a little bit worse, and they started dipping for Andy Dalton. They draft Joe Burrow. Andy Dalton comes here. But here's the really here's really the 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 situation for Dallas. Okay, because this is who everybody's going to be watching. Arizona and Kyler Murray. They're a fun team to watch, but uh, the story with them is they're either good or they're not. Okay, if they're good, hey, they're a surprise team. If they're not good, all right, it's just another year of rebuilding. Right? I, I think Kyler Murray's a really good player, and I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. But Air, that's the reality of Arizona is they're just kind of building something right now. We don't know if they're going to be good or they're, or they're not going to be. Dallas is in a different situation. First of all, I, don't, I do think that this is a must-win game for Dallas. You can't lose to Arizona at home. You can't keep losing home games. You just can't, man. You just can't. Arizona has a high-flying, explosive offense. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins getting added to that offense made it even more dangerous than it already was. Okay, they can run the ball. They throw like crazy. Okay, they got playmakers. Kyler Murray's is the fastest little quarterback I've ever seen. Like, it's just, their offense is so unique. And that Dallas defense sucks. It is terrible. It's awful. So here's really going to be the situation here. What does it say about Dallas if the Cowboys win today? If the Cowboys win tonight with Andy Dalton at quarterback, do you think the Cowboys are going to be in a, a little bit of a predicament here? They're going to tell you they're not. Oh, listen, we signed Andy because we expected him to do stuff like this. If Daka were ever to go down, he'd win game, uh, games for us and everything like that. That's all fine and good. It's rhetoric. It's just like it's it, it, it means nothing. I'm telling you, it anything about Dak Prescott that comes out of the mouth, uh, anything about Dak or Andy Dalton or the Cowboys quarterback situation or anything like that that comes out of the mouths of Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, or anybody in the Cowboys front office, anybody, it is meaningless. It means nothing. It really doesn't. Okay? It really means nothing. So that's the reality. But we genuinely need, need to ask ourselves, as people who watch football, analyze football, observe football, are fans of football, we need to ask ourselves this question this question honestly how good are the cowboys with Dak prescott like going into this year maybe even after the first couple of weeks how good are the dallas cowboys with Dak prescott at quarterback how good are they okay if i were to give you like predict me without honestly obviously without looking at their schedule or anything like that okay this is just a feel how like what would their record be with Dak prescott 
I had a lot of I had high expectations for Dallas. I thought that their roster was nasty. I, I thought Dak was going to have a career year because those wide receivers were nuts, and they fired Jason Garrett. Mike McCarthy was going to come in and fix everything. I thought this was, this was going to be a career year for Dak Prescott. I really did. I really, really did. And they were going to win games. I had the Cowboys at like 10 and 6, 11 and 5. I thought they were going to be good this year. Turns out that the reality for Dallas was actually they're a 9 and 7, 8 and 8 football team. With Dak Prescott at quarterback, they're a 9 and 7, 8 and 8 football team, probably at best. At best. <sighs> what are they with Andy Dalton? What are they with Andy Dalton? Are they probably an eight and eight football team? Nine and seven, eight and eight football team. Okay, Andy Dalton, like I said, on numerous occasions, he's been in the league for a long time. Okay, this is his 10th year in the NFL. This is 10th year. Same draft class as Cam Newton. Okay, he's 33 years old. Andy Dalton's career record as a quarterback, even with the last four years he had in Cincinnati, six, nine, and one, seven, and nine, five, and six, and two, and 11 last year. His career record is 70, 61, and two. He's got a winning record. Andy Dalton has won games in the NFL with bad rosters. Okay, look it up. I mean, <laughs> I don't know the exact number, but do you have any idea how many people, when, after Dak Prescott got hurt, picked up Andy Dalton in fantasy because they think he's going to produce similar amounts of numbers? Ask yourself. And again, the Cowboys as an organization have to ask themselves the same thing. And we're going to see tonight. Okay, if the Cowboys offense can't get rolling, okay, it helps Dak. It really does, right? It helps. Look at how bad the offense was with Andy Dalton. You need me. You need me. You need me, Dak Prescott. You need me to have this offense function. Because if Andy Dalton can't get it to work with all those weapons, then maybe you can't put anybody in that offense and they'll succeed. But if Andy Dalton does succeed, puts up good numbers, and wins this football game, Okay, it's going to be a thought in the Cowboys front office head. It's it's going to be a thought. Okay, it might not put the nail in the coffin in the argument. Okay, but it's not going to be the end of the conversation. But it certainly gets it starting in a direction that Dak Prescott does not want it to go in. Keep, uh, please, full disclosure on this. I really like Dak Prescott. Okay, I would even take Dak Prescott as my quarterback at a reasonable price. Okay, I love his leadership. I love his maturity. I, I love almost everything about Dak Prescott. I even like the fact that he's good late in games. I like that. I don't like Dak at 40 million. <laughs> okay, I don't like Dak at 38, 39, 40 million. I just, I don't. Give me Dak at 27, 28 million dollars. Give him Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo money. I'm in. I'm in, but he don't put him in a category with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Like 
you you can't put him in that conversation. He isn't that good. He's not that good. He's good, but he's not that good. So let's be real about that. If the Cowboys win tonight, it starts the conversation again in a direction that Dak doesn't want it to go in. And it plants a seed in Stephen Jones's and Jerry Jones's head. Say, oh, well, listen, I know we like Dak, but. And that doesn't mean go with Andy Dalton in the future. It means, can any young kid be at least as good as Dak? Or it, keep in mind, this quarterback draft class this year is loaded. Trevor Lawrence, I, you're probably not going to have a chance to get him. You're going to be too good. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, that kid Trey Lance out of North Dakota State is unbelievable. Have you ever watched that kid play? I'm serious. Take a chance to watch some game tape on Trey Lance. That kid is a faster Russell Wilson. Okay, he's got an incredible deep ball. He can run like crazy. He's a he's incredible in open space as a runner. He's accurate. I, the kids the kids got a cannon. Okay, Zach Wilson at a BYU. That kid's got a hose, uh, an absolute hose. You think that you could do something with that kid? Develop that kid into something? Okay, people like that kid Kyle Trask out of Florida. I mean. This quarterback draft class is loaded, loaded. Brock Purdy, Jamie Newman. Like, you've got legitimate players here, legitimate players. So the Cowboys would have options. Teams are going to have options if they want to invest in quarterback. If they want to invest in quarterback, they will have options. So don't, they don't have to be married. So... All right, quickly before we wrap up, because we're not gonna, I'm not gonna have a chance to cover it. I am gonna take the Cowboys tonight. Um, however, I am gonna take the Cowboys tonight. I'm gonna take the Cowboys pretty big too. I'm gonna take the Cowboys like 27-17, something around there. I think the Cowboys win tonight against the Cardinals. So tonight I got the Bills and the Cowboys winning tonight. Um really quickly, Thursday night football starting in week seven, right? Week seven, Thursday night football. The Giants go to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Right now, the line sits at the Eagles favored by four. It is not a huge line for the Eagles. However, it is a must win for the Eagles, and I'm going to take Philadelphia to win the game. The Giants, they just got their first win against Washington. Congratulations. Uh, they're not going to get them back-to-back. -back. They're just not. Okay, the Eagles are the better football team, even when banged up. They have the better quarterback. They have the better coach right now. Uh, better defense. I Listen, I, I'm all in on Philadelphia to win on Thursday night football against the Giants uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, give me, I'll get, I'll take the Eagles low scoring game. I'll say 21 to 16 uh, Eagles over the Giants. It is not going to be a pretty football game because both of these teams are not playing good football, but I will take the Eagles over the Giants in a must win game for Philadelphia. All right. Uh, great stuff. That's going to do it for us. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz. I'm Mike Guido on the Landry Football Podcast Network. You got us every Monday and Friday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. So make sure you don't miss us. You can find us on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, all of that stuff. Guido's Gridiron Blitz. Mike Guido here with you. The Landry Football Podcast Network. We'll see you on Friday.